In less than a year, our podcast has gone from an average of 10,000 downloads a month to 50,000 downloads. What made the difference? You leaving us a five-star review. The more positive reviews, the more the algorithm picks us up, and more people are confronted by the law and gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us press forward the crown rights of King Jesus by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks. All right, welcome back to the Wednesday live stream. If you're new here, this is Right Response Ministries. I'm the primary host, Pastor Joel Webin. I've got with me today, well, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Time, we live stream uh, once a week on Wednesdays. I've got Wesley Todd. I also have Michael Belch. Uh, they're both members in good standing in our local church in Central Texas. Uh, we're in Georgetown, Texas, Covenant Bible Church. And we do this every single Wednesday at 4 p.m. And we had an episode that was lined up for today, but we're deciding to go ahead and push that back because there's big... Uh, breaking news that's going on right now. The news is that uh, our governor in the state of Texas, Governor Abbott, um, who has, you know, he, he's fairly conservative. He's certainly one of the better governors in the nation uh, as a whole. But it, to be honest, in many instances, he's kind of, uh, his best moves have been following suit of guys like Ron DeSantis in Florida. Um, you know, so somebody else will take a stand and then he'll follow, you know, their example. He hasn't really been an original leader, you know, coming out with a strong conservative stance all on his own. Uh, but this is his battle. Uh, we have had a full-blown invasion. That is the proper term uh, for the for a long time, I mean, uh, immigration has gone up, illegal immigration and illegal immigration has gone up steadily for uh, the past few years, even before Biden taking office. But since uh, the Biden administration over these past three years, I believe it's six million uh, that we've had uh, crossing uh, the southern border. I believe just the border of Texas is what Governor Abbott uh, said, six million. And uh, these are not just uh, women with their toddlers and babies. Um, the, the a predominant amount of them, there are some women, there are some children, I'm not saying there's nothing, uh, but the uh, dominant amount of people who are crossing the border are military-aged fighting young men, and instead of carrying an AR, they're carrying, you know, some some uh, a cell phone videoing it as they're uh, flying their national flag, which is today's warfare. It's a media warfare, it's a warfare of politics yeah. to destroy our nation. And so what we're going to be talking about, we're going to show Abbott's letter, we're going to read it for you guys uh, but the reason why it's a big deal is because the Supreme Court just ruled, and I'm going to say this, and some of you won't like it, but um, it matters because I think one of the things that we have to stand as Christians, um, we have to stand for right now, is the importance of nature, that grace does not eradicate nature, it doesn't erase nature or replace yep. nature, uh, but it elevates and restores uh, nature. Natural affections matter. These things are are, are in, uh, ingrained in us. It's not a part of the curse. Um, we actually uh, misprioritize uh, some natural affections because of the curse of sin. Natural affections, uh, that was in a prelapsarian world before sin entered the world. Adam would have had a greater devotion to his wife, Eve, than he would have uh, his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter. Um, that's that's natural. And so um, it's not a coincidence that the Supreme Court just ruled, I believe this was yesterday, their ruling? Monday. 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 So Monday. the Supreme Court just ruled uh, in a 5-4 majority um, you've got the usual suspects, you've got Roberts, and you've got three other women, Ketanji Brown Jackson being one of them. Uh, but then one surprise was a fourth woman on the court. So you have five women, you know, one of both sexes. So one, <laughs> one you know, um, effeminate man and then four women. Um, but the surprise was that, you know, Amy Coney Barrett was a uh, Trump appointee. Uh, she has uh, governed and uh, ruled, uh, not governed, but ruled um, conservatively for the most part, which is awesome. 
but uh, on this one, she folded, and and I just have to say, with this nature paradigm, grace in nature, I, I, I think we are being naive as Christians if we don't think, uh, if we think it's merely a coincidence that a woman folded, the conservative woman folded, and it happens to be a woman who has um, several children, and multiple of them are adopted... Yep. Adoption's great. Just for the record, I was adopted. I'm a big fan of adoption. I think adoption is a, a beautiful picture of the gospel. That's what God does with us. Uh, spiritually, he takes uh, those of us who were once children of his wrath and actually children of the devil. That's John chapter 8, right? That if you're not a Christian, uh, then you are actually, uh, you have a father, uh, but you're, you're a child of the devil. That's what Jesus says to the Pharisees. So God takes someone else's children, in this case, namely the devil's, and makes them his own and adopts us as his beloved children. We're no longer his enemies or children of his wrath or children of Satan, but we become, we become beloved children of God. Adoption is, um, it's, it's near to the heart of God. It's, it's a picture of the gospel. It's, uh, it's wonderful. And I personally, I've been adopted twice, once by God in the mm -hmm. spiritual sense and once by uh, my parents who are members in our church. You guys know, love my mom and dad. I was adopted as a baby. We are pro-adoption. Uh, that said, there are cases, you may have remembered, you know, for those of you in the Reformed world, Eric Kahn, uh, who tends to upset the masses uh, a couple months ago on Twitter, um, you know, I, I think of him as like Vlad the Impaler, um, you know, the <laughs> Impaler, like, so that's kind of his, his strategy on Twitter. He sent out this tweet about saying, hey, not everyone should adopt. Um, and adoption has been like a sacred cow. It's been like right. a mark of, of how do you know this person is spiritually legit? Uh, because they've adopted a bunch of children, you know, and and it's it's like a, a weird mystical badge of of honor mm. and status within the church. This yeah. person's very spiritual; they're very good. Um, and and he just uh, tweeted out saying adoption is wonderful. There's nothing wrong with it. But there are cases, for instance, adopting out of the foster care system, which is a wonderful thing to do. But if you're adopting a 13 year old boy out of the foster care system who's been in it his whole life, and you currently have you know um, three young girls under the age of six, right. uh, that there may be real reasons not to do that. Um, and so, and, and he wasn't saying, don't love your adopted child. He was saying, no, no, he's talking about the child who is a prospect for adoption. They're not right. yet your child. This child is not yet your child. And the point is, uh, the internet, and I'm talking about Christians, lost their mind. Christians were like, how could you? How dare you? This is evil. You're sinister. You're a bad man. Well, here, here you go. This is Eric Kahn's point, giving him some props. Eric Kahn's point uh, now uh, played out in real life. 5-4 yep. um, decision with the Supreme Court, barely a majority, a conservative, otherwise normally conservative, uh, a female a Supreme Court justice votes um, for, for what? What does she vote for? Uh, she votes for uh, the stranger, the alien, the foreigner, because mm. she's thinking like a mother and an adoptive mother. So she's thinking in, in the framework of nurturing, the way that women were designed by God. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I yeah. just don't think you should be on the Supreme Court. Um, and, and not because, I, I'm, I'm talking about, in this case, women, period, not, not mothers, uh, women who happen to be mothers of adopted children. I, I do believe that, that that is a position um, in the civil magistrate that should be held by uh, uh, qualified men. But, but you know, you have a woman who her, her gear is towards being nurturing. If, if anything, she's more nurturing than Ketanji Brown Jackson by virtue mm. of being a conservative right. mother. Right. Um, and, and, then, and not just a mother, but she actually has adopted children, um, you know, children who were not her own, but who are now. They, the adoption makes them legally her children and biblically, spiritually, they, they are her children. Um, but, but then the fact that that woman on this issue um, sides with uh, other nations that are not um, actually, her native nation, it's not uh, the children of America, but the children of the foreigner. Uh, that is not a coincidence. And so that's what happens. And Governor Abbott, I'll be honest, I 
am, am uh, surprised, albeit pleasantly yeah. surprised, yeah. but yeah. I, I didn't think he would battle this. Uh, you've got the uh, Federal National Guard versus the, the Texas National Guard. Uh, they came in and said, Texas, you've got to remove uh, the, the razor wire that, that you're wrapping around the necks of two-year-olds, and like, <laughs> which is uh, just absolutely, it's barbed wire that's, uh, that's in the river uh, that's visible um, uh, to deter people, not to hurt people, but to say, don't do this. If you yeah. do this, you're hurting yourself. We are not hurting you. Yeah. You are hurting yourself. It is to deter people from breaking the law, from illegally um, um, entering into the country. Uh, but you have uh, the, uh, Biden sent in his his goons to uh, to slice the wire, remove it. And Governor Abbott is now using the Texas National Guard right. in defiance of the Supreme Court and um, our, our current presidential administration saying, no, this is a constitutional issue. Uh, you have declared treason of sorts on the United States of America and certainly on the state of Texas um, because this is an, an invasion level um, uh, crossing that's going on with military aged men. It's endangering our citizens. And so he's taking a stand and hold, he's going to hold them off. We'll see. I, I hope, I pray, but hold off uh, the federal goons. And the, the Texas National Guard is putting the wire back in. And if Biden stands his ground, which he probably won't because it's an election year and mm. like 80% of the country, even if you're Democrat, 80% of the country is like, okay, the border is a problem. Uh, the border is right up there with the uh, economy and the polls in, in terms of what people think is uh, is most under fire, most severe, right. uh, the biggest urgent problem. And so Biden may not take a stand for uh, electing purposes, but if he does, this does have the seeds. I'm not saying this is it, but this has the seeds for uh, your your classic Texas succession that everybody's yeah. been talking or civil war those kinds of things. So with all that being said, we'll talk about it more. We'll talk about nature, natural affections. We'll talk about the um, the civil and political aspects and the potential of civil war, um, all those kinds of things or or state succession. Uh, but first, let's read the letter. Michael, Great. could you do yep. the honors? All right. This is the letter that Governor Abbott posted in response to the Supreme Court decision. And to be fair, the Supreme Court decision was a temporary one. The whole case is being heard. This was specifically on uh, cutting down the razor wire, right? So there's a whole lot more that's even going to be coming down the pike, potentially. Here's the letter. The federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting states, including immigration laws, on the books right now. President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration. Despite having been put on notice in a series of letters, one of which I delivered to him by hand, President Biden has ignored Texas's demand that he perform his constitutional duties. President Biden has violated his oath to faithfully execute immigration laws enacted by Congress. Instead of prosecuting immigrants for the federal crime of illegal entry, President Biden has sent his lawyers into federal courts to sue Texas for taking action to secure the border. President Biden has instructed his agencies to ignore federal statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants. The effect is to illegally allow their en masse parole in the United States. By wasting tax dollars, taxpayer dollars to tear open Texas's border security infrastructure, President Biden has enticed illegal immigrants away from the 28 legal entry points along this, this state's southern border, bridges where nobody drowns, and into the dangerous waters of the Rio Grande. Under President Biden's lawless border policies, more than 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our southern border in just three years. 
This is more than the population of 33 different states in this country. This illegal refusal to protect the states has influenced unprecedented harm on the, United, uh, on the people ac- all across the United States. James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. That is why the framers included both Article 5, Section 4, which promises that the federal government, quote, shall protect each state against invasion, end quote, and Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which acknowledges, quote, the state's sovereign interest in protecting their borders. Arizona of the United States, you can see the, the ruling there. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4, has triggered triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves to this state the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority, as well as the state law, to secure the Texas border. Signed, Governor Abbott. Talk about the lesser magistrate. Yeah, mm. that's the that doctrine of the lesser magistrate, um, going through the right channels and uh, and using uh, God's law, uh, first and foremost, but also the Constitution and um, state constitution, federal constitution, and standing up to um, treason. It, yeah. I mean, it's absolutely, Joe Biden is a traitor of uh, the United States um, yeah. and what he's been doing with the border. Wes? Yeah, you mentioned it. It was in the letter. Six million illegal immigrants, greater than the population of 33 states. The reason this matters so much, the reason you mentioned it's such a high issue there comes a point with immigration where you actually don't have a country anymore, where literally the, the fate has already, it's been decided, where there's a certain point where your own replacement level, so Americans, that replacement, fertility, how many kids on average, where when there's so many people that don't have allegiance to this country, some of them even unregistered, whatever it may be, where literally you could reach the tipping point, and then pretty much the story is written in the stars. There's no going back from it. There's no like, oh, we actually, uh, we would like to, to walk back from this cliff we, we walked up to mind. the edge of. Yeah. You don't get that. We're talking about not just, I don't think in 50 years or 70 years, we could reach the point where we don't have a nation anymore. Uh, in under five years, we could reach the point where, where it's lost. And, and it's, that's not to say like, oh, these poor dispossessed people, uh, they have a nation too right. that they can they could have allegiance to. That's right. They could work to, to perfect, to work, to build up. Uh, but they're coming into ours, and the result is none of us have a nation. Then they don't have a nation or allegiance. Mm-hmm. Ours is lost, and everyone is worse for the wear. Right, and uh, and for the record, uh, in terms of asylum, uh, claims of seeking asylum, if you're going through f- uh, 14 other nations right. on your way to seek asylum, then you're not seeking asylum. Um, what you're seeking is uh, you're seeking prosperity, and there is a difference. And that's fine. I, I understand that everybody would like to be prosperous, right. um, but if you'd like to be prosperous, um, then you have to go through the proper channels. You need to be um, a legal immigrant, not an illegal immigrant. Um, so if you're if you're coming for from a war torn nation and you're passing through you know seven other nations on the way that may not be the United States of America, they may not have the opportunity for prosperity that we do here. Uh, praise God by His grace, um, but but they're not uh, at war then. Then you know you're going through peaceful, not prosperous, but peaceful nations on the way. Um, then you're not seeking asylum. What you, no. what you're seeking is uh, to invade a country, and uh, and and 
better better magistrates and a better country wouldn't allow it. Uh, right. Unfortunately, we don't have um, a good country. You know, you think of like uh, Benjamin Franklin. You know, uh, what, what did you what did you achieve? What'd you give us? You know, like uh, I gave you a republic if you can keep it, and we've proven that. Uh, unfortunately, we can't. You mm -hmm. know, and so. Um, in terms of, you know, what, what angle, you know, what incentive uh, Joe Biden and Democrats for the most part have uh, when it comes to uh, immigrants, um, Democrats cannot win an election apart from immigrants. Yeah. Um, and so Democrats, uh, I'm just going to speak frankly here, uh, Democrats win elections uh, through uh, immigrants, uh, also uh, women um, voting, and also uh you know, if they could, they would lower the age of voting, uh, making marijuana legal. Uh, so you have guys, you know, who are high going into voting booths at every single level. They they want um, they want a population that's uh, that's uh, mostly women voting and not men. The men who are voting, they want them to have low testosterone levels. Uh, they want them to to be sickly and dying and and high. Um, you know, and then they want uh, illegal immigrants uh, to be able to vote. And you might say, well, illegal immigrants in the country isn't the same as voting. Well, it, it effectively becomes the same Correct. when you have individual cities mm -hmm. like New York City and other places saying that, um, that you don't have to provide any documentation and then outright even saying we're going to let people who are not citizens vote in, um, in national elections, um, and, you know, and so uh, that's, that's the direction. Uh, basically, anybody who has a vested interest um, in the nation, a tax-paying um, national citizen, uh, clear-thinking, somebody who loves America, um, they don't vote for Democrats. They don't. Right. They, they don't. I, I have an analogy of this to help us understand a little bit. Imagine that there's a, a father and a mother who are divorced, okay, and the, the mother has primary custody of the kids, and she's doing her best. She has them on a strict schedule, bedtime, eat your vegetables, things like this, right? Now, when the kids go see the father, the father buys them ice cream and mm -hmm. McDonald's and you know, lets them stay up as late as they want, play video games all night, et cetera. It's not just what you're saying, Joel, that the Democrats need these votes. It's that they also have to lie about what is loving to these people. They say, we are gonna give you all of this stuff. We are going to um, ensure that you get money. I mean, we're talking $3,000 ATM cards when they cross the border and a cell phone. And I just saw today that there is um, talking that the UN is going to be donating $1.5 billion to fund immigrants, illegal immigrants who cross the U.S. southern border. Wow. And so wow. the Democrats have to play like they're this father who's giving everything when really it's bad. It's bad for the people just to be given unlimited, you know, uh, access to healthcare, scholarships, housing without having to work for it. And it's bad for the rest of the country. And then what they do is they say, well, mom is really the bad guy, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Mom is really the bad guy because she makes you go to bed. And the next time we get a custody hearing, kids, make sure you tell the judge who you want to have more custody. It's me. I'm the fun guy. She's the bad guy. She's the meanie. Right. That dichotomy between it, tough love is a good word for it. Like this is, it's not enjoyable uh, to do this, but it's better for you. So it's not as though yep. we could love immigrants or we couldn't by loving quote unquote which really isn't loving you're actually not loving your own people so you're not loving your own people by letting in gang members that will spread drugs and yep. violence i know not all of them will do that you're not loving your people by subverting their workforce to the people that have lived in this nation that pay their taxes can't have jobs that's not loving to your people so it's not as though i could love or i couldn't and after all love is a good thing and we want to be kind and welcoming yeah. by so doing you will hate your own people and you just got to get to a second level of thinking like okay on the surface well, that is a good thing to be welcoming. Hospitality is a real virtue. 
of the right people, the safe people in the right place in the right time, not spread broadly. But you got to get to the second level and say, who am I not loving by doing this? Let me expand on that for a minute because I was just talking to someone, I'm not going to say who, but I was talking to someone just within the last week who's in the construction area and who knows a little bit about construction here in Texas. We're in Texas. And he said that he's, he's come to find out recently that there are whole groups and organizations of um, construction companies who will send representatives down to Honduras, Guatemala, these places, and they'll go down there and they'll just start talking to men, able-bodied men, and saying, look, I'll take you back to the States, and they'll tell them the dollar amount that they'll pay them per hour, mm. which sounds like a fortune right. in Guatemala or Honduras, but which is barely livable here. So they say, okay, I can get you there, I can get you working, it's going to be a, a coyote to get you across the border it would be $10,000. I will do it for $12,000, but you can pay it in installments once you start working. And this is actually happening where they're bringing across dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of able-bodied men promising what sounds like a fortune. When they get here, they realize with the cost of living in the States, that's actually not going to go very far. Mm-hmm. So now they're enslaved to this debt that they have to pay off. And they can't afford to live anywhere, so they're literally putting 20 guys in one apartment building Mm. for them to live. And they go out and they work, they make their next to nothing wage, they go back, they live in this apartment, they have years, months and months and years and years of paying off this debt. That is not loving. Although a liberal would say it's loving to let an immigrant come across and partake. I'm sure they would love them as their neighbor. I would hope that that group moves in right next door to me. Right. Oh, wait, they live in in gated communities. Let let me get to a couple of the comments real quick. So if you guys have questions or something like that, put it in the comments. We'll try to address it today. Uh, This is from two minutes to midnight. Uh, They say the church is doing this also. I thought this was a good point. Good job, uh, two minutes to midnight. Uh, The church is doing this also. We are not serving the needy in the church and rather... Uh, throwing money and time at unbelievers. That's the same principle, right? So that we have clear verses where the Apostle Paul in Galatians, for instance, I believe it's uh, chapter six, it might be chapter five. uh, But what he says is, um, as often as you have opportunity, do good to all, but especially Especially. the household of faith, aka he's saying, um, especially meaning, um, but prioritize the household of faith. Here's the deal. Jesus is God and therefore infinite, and he is the head of the church. But the church on earth, Christ's body, his hands and feet, the church is finite. It's made up of people, um, and people have a limited amount of gifts and time and uh, and resources and money and all those kinds of things. Uh, so the church is not infinite in its resources, which means as often as we, the church, the people of God, have opportunity, we should seek to do good to all people, uh, but we have a mandate in Scripture to prioritize uh, the household of faith. So if we're doing good to the unbeliever at the cost of our brother or sister in Christ, uh, then we've messed up. Uh, if we're doing good to even another uh, local church uh, mm. on the other side of the world filled mm. with with brothers and sisters in Christ, but at the cost of our local church, brothers and uh, sisters in Christ at home, um, then we've messed up. Um, another uh, passage would be uh, Jesus, and this is always used out of context, and I, I absolutely hate it, so we got to do a little Christian Bible mythbusters here. Uh, but but um, it's, it's the verse, the passage where uh, Jesus says, um, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. Well, you know, if you uh, if you've clothed someone, if you fed someone uh, when they were in prison, you visited them. You get you brought them water when they were thirsty. Um, 
you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, and, and, you know, on the last day I'll separate, you know, the, from the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. And, and I will say, you did this uh, for me. And, and they will say to me, you will say to me, when did we do this? When did we see you, Jesus, naked and clothe you? And when did you, uh, did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? And Jesus says, um, he says, I tell you the truth, um, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. Now, that's the myth buster right there. I left out one important phrase. Um, so people then, they'll, they'll go, so this is your libtard Christians um, in America, libtard evangelicals, the usual suspects, your David Frenches, your Russell Moores, your Beth Moore, your, you know, any Moore will do. Uh, they're basically, <laughs> there's very little difference from Michael Moore and Beth Moore and Russell Moore at this point. So, the, but but what they'll do is they'll say, uh, oh, whatever you do for the least of these, well, who are the least of these? Oh, the, the people in, in our society who are the least of these are those on the margins. And so um, it's uh, people who are poor or it's people of the LGBT community or it's uh, the illegal immigrant. I, I remember Stephen Colbert, this was years ago, but doing the mm. same thing, quoting this passage um, as a you know professed Christian, a Catholic, and saying, you know, I look at the least of these, and, and then he cited, he said, I don't know anybody who's more the least of these than immigrants. Mm. And he cited immigrants. Well, here's what Jesus actually says. Whatever you do, right? When did we clothe you, Jesus? When did we feed you? Whenever you did it for the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. That's yeah. what's actually in the text. So Jesus, and, and, and it goes, uh, that goes perfectly in cross-referencing a whole biblical theology with other texts. Whoever receives a prophet in my name, my name. receives a prophet's reward. Mm -hmm. Whoever receives this in my name, receive, an evangelist receives uh, you know, that reward. Um, the point is this. Uh, Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, my brothers. You visit someone in prison uh, because they're, they're an unbelieving, atheistic uh, 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 child molester? No, that's not what Jesus is saying. He said, when he says, you visited me in prison, you, what Jesus has in mind is that you visited a Christian who's been wrongfully in prison for right. preaching the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. When, when you, you've clothed uh, the naked. What Jesus has in mind is a brother or sister in Christ who is impoverished and, and, and can't afford clothing, or someone who has had their possessions robbed in persecution for their Christian faith, yeah. and then another Christian who has not been persecuted comes to their aid and helps team Jesus. It's my brother. So uh, as often as you have opportunity, do good to all, going back to Galatians, the Apostle Paul, uh, but especially that is prioritized as a first priority, the household of faith, and, and that clause of uh, as often as you have opportunity, um, well, here's the bottom line. Um, it's time to wake up, Peter Pan. Uh, we can't forgive everybody's student debt. Um, we mm. can't uh, 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 feed everyone and give them all a free lunch. Uh, we can't let everyone into our country. Um, it, we, as often as you have opportunity, what you should read in there as just a common sense, you know, brain-functioning individual person, whether you're even a Christian or not, is... Um, opportunity in this life with finite people is always limited. Of course it's limited. Right. We we only have so much opportunity. Now, there are plenty of arguments that can be made to say, well, but don't don't you maybe have more opportunity? Couldn't you be uh, content to live on less? Sure. Uh, so I'm not saying that greed doesn't factor in. I'm not saying that, that um, um, gauging our opportunity as Western Christians uh, can't be uh, uh, skewed, uh, how much opportunity we have to give to others can't be skewed by our idolatry of pleasure or comfort or greed. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying the facts are, even if you remove every ounce of greed, eventually, uh, you, I only have so uh, so many dollars in my bank account mm. right now. I only can put uh, fit so many people in my house and give them a place to sleep. I only have so much uh, uh, food in my refrigerator. And as it pertains to an individual or a household, so it is with a nation. Yeah. Um, and, and so to say, listen, uh, we want to protect our borders because we have a responsibility to our people. As often as we have opportunity, we'll, we'll try, do our best to love all people, but especially 
our people. Mm. Um, when you start loving someone else's kids, if I if I clothe every kid in my neighborhood, but but I don't buy clothes for my kids. I, not only is that wrong or misprioritization, the Bible has strong words for that. Uh, the Apostle Paul says yeah. that you've denied the faith. If, if a man won't provide for his own yeah. house, the members of his own house, he's uh, worse than an unbeliever. He has denied the faith. And so too, I believe uh, that the general equity of that command applied to the civil magistrate who is called to be within the Reformed tradition and the ancient uh, church fathers, called to be a nurturing father to his yeah. people, the citizens underneath his rule. Um, if he is, if he is helping um, others, but to the to the cost of, of fulfilling his own duty to clothe and, and provide and help uh, his own people, his own citizens, uh, then he is worse than an unbeliever, and he has denied the faith. And and I mean, obviously, we know that uh, you know that Joe Biden is not a believer. Um, unless God works a miracle and saves him, uh, some of the uh, the most tormenting places in hell are reserved for that man. He is a terrible, terrible man. Mm. Uh, but there are far worse men who are, are pulling the strings and using him as a puppet. But the point is this. Um, it, it, there's plenty of evidences. Uh, you can watch the, the new documentary that came out about Joe Biden's parenting. It's called A Beekeeper. It's a documentary about Hunter Biden, um, <laughs> you know, being uh, the president, being uh, having a, a son that's a complete drug. I'm being facetious, but it might as well have been a, a, a documentary. It's literally the whole premise. I hate, you know, spoiler alert here, but the whole premise is you got a, a woman president. So there you go, Joe Biden. And then you've got uh, her son is just this deadbeat. Uh, he's stealing from people. He's a drug addict and doing mm. drugs, you know, in the White House and all these kinds of things things. And I literally thought, man, this is on the nose. Uh, but anyways, all that being said, the point is, if you didn't have all the other evidence of Joe Biden being pro-abortion, being this, being that, and the other, uh, one evidence that he is not a Christian and that he should be removed from office is uh, that he is not a nurturing father. He is worse than an unbeliever. He has denied the faith that he, he personally professes uh, by caring for the children of the world over the citizens um, that, that he has been uh, entrusted to guard. Uh, any any other thoughts? If, if not, we're probably going to need to go to a commercial here in a moment. But You said it well one time, a while ago in a sermon, but the church is given to a mission of mercy, not justice, and the state is given to a mission of justice, not mercy. So like we read, for example, the Sermon on the Mount, there's many good virtues in it. Blessed are the peacekeeper, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful. Those aren't categories to be applied one-to-one to the civil state. You wouldn't want a police officer that, officer that showed up after your home was robbed and said, well, you know. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. We have to think in categories and yes. what categories God has given to these different, you could say, spheres, you could say institutions. So when you think of the state, don't start thinking of the Sermon on the Mount. Don't start thinking of personal ethics. Think of Romans 13, where it directly says that the state has been given to protect, to wield a sword, to punish the wicked, to promote righteousness. Just even an example, it's an interesting one, but in World War One. The U.S. used to have really strict immigration control. Mm. There were strict quotas on how many people could come in from what countries, a good vetting system. Because of World War I, they allowed unchecked immigration from the island of Sicily out near Italy. And what actually came over, so all the mob bosses mm. that eventually brought about the mafia, which for decades plagued the American public with yeah. drugs and with violence and all these different things, that came about because they imported the problems of another nation. Wow. They, they got sympathetic. Oh, man, he's poor, you know. 30-year-old, able-bodied, fighting men, they just need a place to retreat to. And those men swooped in, evil men, came in, set up crime scenes, set up crime bosses, right. set up systems and networks that, I mean, cost billions of dollars, cost thousands of lives, and unleash violence upon the American populace. Mm. What if... And got us the FBI. Uh, mm. Which might have been even worse, actually, all things considered. <laughs> what if everyone... Okay, you're in Sicily. How about you fight for Sicily? Mm. You're in America, fight for America. If you are in Mexico, and I can have sympathy for... The Christian father that says, my country is overrun 
by cartels. My country is overrun by violent men. Well, the Puritans and those who first settled this nation, they didn't have a great place to go. They had to fight and they had to die and they had to, to through strength, muster up the will to be a people. And if every country on their own, the Christians and non-Christians like, mustered up that mm -hmm. strength and will for themselves, we wouldn't have these problems. You have to fight for Mexico. You have to fight for Sicily. These nations are not going away. There's not new ones coming up. The line has to be drawn. And if you're a citizen, you were born there, have some love for your country, fight for it. Each country fights for itself. Amen. All right, this is what I want to do. Let's go to a commercial, and then we'll, we'll say a couple more words um, that I think will be helpful and important for you guys to hear. But let's go to uh, a brief word from our first sponsors of the day. Did you know that fresh American black elderberries are naturally high in vitamin C, vitamin B6, phosphorus, and vitamin A, as well as many anthocyanins that serve as antioxidants? Regular supplementation with elderberry extracts has been shown to decrease chance of influenza and lessen cold duration and symptoms. The King's Ridge Fresh Frozen Elderberries are hand-picked, de-stemmed, washed, and quickly frozen at their family farm in East Central Indiana. The King's Ridge is a quality-oriented family farm focused on building Christendom. Our friends Trevor and Autumn truly hope that their elderberry syrup and fresh frozen elderberries bless your family this cold and flu season. Don't buy dried European elderberries and support the global economic agenda. Instead, visit tkrfarm.com and purchase your elderberry needs from the King's Ridge elderberries. Again, that's tkrfarm.com. Finally, a coffee company that doesn't hate you and your beliefs. Today's sponsor, Squirrely Joe's Coffee, is a thoroughly Christian company that ships seriously good coffee straight to your front door. Owned and operated by Joe Morris and his family out of Olney, Illinois. They believe that Christians should be building a thoroughly Christian economy by doing business with other like-minded Christians. Just go to squirrelyjoes.com and use promo code RRM for 20% off your purchase. Squirrely Joe's Coffee. Share coffee. Serve humbly. Live faithfully. All right. Well, welcome back. So just to recap, Governor Greg Abbott today, the governor of Texas, has declared an invasion at the border of Texas. He has told the federal government that um, he will be securing the border, that agents that supposedly are allowed to come in and cut the wire and let unchecked illegal immigration in, that they're not allowed to. He's activated the Texas National Guard, declared an invasion, and it looks to be uh, going to take a stand uh, at the border, take a stand for his citizens, for those that he has a sovereign duty to protect. And so all that to say, God bless Governor Abbott. And uh, it's funny, he's in a wheelchair, uh, but he has stood up more taller. than so many yeah. other leaders hey, yep, have. The guy in the wheelchair is standing much taller than uh, yep. the decrepit meat bag in the White House. Yep. So, Michael, mm. do you have a final thought? My, my final thought is, is simply this. We really are in a situation where the doctrine of the lesser magistrate applies because we're not calling for vigilantes. We're not calling for some sort of just, I'm angry, I'm going to you know take out my anger publicly. There is now a magistrate of the state of Texas who is doing his godly duty, and it is not only good, but it's necessary for citizens of Texas, which we are in, to uh, submit to that, to come under that umbrella. That is good and godly. That is within the order that God has uh, designed and ordained. And so when 
Christians and evangelicals and non-Christians come out and say, this is, you know, anyone who's supporting Abbott, this is uh, insurrection. And th no, this is not. This is how God designed um, authority structures to work. And Amen. if you are in a state that uh, is not in this situation right now, it's perfectly appropriate to call on your leaders to act in godly ways so that you can then come under their good and godly leadership as well. So, Amen. Um, so let's go ahead and land the plane for this episode. For those of you who are watching, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we do this every single Wednesday at 4 p.m. And we're actually, this isn't even the live stream that we had prepared because this was news that dropped just a few hours ago today. So we pulled an audible and we went for it uh, because we wanted to get it to you as urgently as possible. Talk about something that's fresh, that's happening right now. So we're actually going to do two live streams. So as soon as we close this video, we're going to start our live stream for today. Uh, real quick, Wes, plug it. What are we talking about? We're talking about low T pastors, low testosterone. We're talking about Alistair Begg and uh, how this factors <laughs> no into relation. Low no T relation. Pastors, that's one topic, and then a completely separate topic. Alistair well, on Beck. that topic yeah. and the rise of Donald Trump. The They're rise of Donald Trump. Yep. And we're going to be talking about uh, Sean Strickland uh, yeah. as a, a great godly example. I'm just kidding. He's not a great godly <laughs> example, um, but we are going to talk about the phenomenon yep. of guys like him. Um, who are saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm just not going to play your game. I'm not going to play the woke yep. game. I'm not going to uh, pander to all the, you know, the leftists with their, you know, cry bully tactics, right? Used to a bully on the playground was was big. He actually right. had strength. Now it's whoever can cry the best. Mm. I remember my dad teaching me that when I was a young teenager. Um, I remember I made a girl cry. And in this particular instance, I, it was not my habit to go around making girls cry. But in this particular instance, it was something that happened in the youth group. She was absolutely in the wrong. Mm. And all I did, I, I didn't touch her. God forbid I would never do any, you know, anything like that. But with words... And carefully spoken, as careful as you know, as a, a young teenager could, teenage boy. But I, I said, uh, this, this is wrong. You can't do that. Um, what you're doing is da 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 da. That's what you're actually saying. That's what your actions are portraying, and that's wrong. And she cried and went and told some of the adults in the church. And the adults, you know, sat me down, the school moms, and, and started trying to longhouse me. And my dad, uh, who was the pastor of the church, he stepped in and stopped them. Um, and then. He talked and said, no, 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 my son's right. Um, and, and he didn't just get my back because I'm his son. There's plenty of times that he, he was like, no, my son's wrong. Um, but, you know, he got my back and he shut down the school moms in the longhouse. And then he told me privately, I remember he said, uh, Joel, a lesson that you need to learn. Uh, we live in a world that hates men. And this was like, this was, you know, wow. over 20 years ago. He said, um, and a woman crying is, uh, is uh, it's like a nuclear bomb. You, you mm. cannot stop it. Um, if, uh, if she cries, she wins. Mm. Um, he said, I know that's wrong. I know that's unjust, but you need to be aware of that. Right now you're a teenage boy. You'll, mm. you'll, you'll get through it. Uh, but when you're a grown man, if you, if you make women cry, um, you will have tens of thousands of enemies. And, uh, and that's what I've devoted my life to. <laughs> it's not my cause, but, as I, not. but yeah. as I preach against feminism and these yeah. kinds of things, um, I have made, um, you know, I, I actually, you know, um, Actually, you know, instead of tens of thousands, I've made hundreds of thousands of women cry. Um, and, um, and I, you know, I'm not trying to, it's not my goal, but uh, my dad was right. Mm. Uh, it is powerful uh, because, because the white knights immediately come to their aid. Yep. So all that being said, Sean Strickland, you know, he's, he's a UFC or what, what UFC, is it? Yes. Yes. UFC fighter. Yep. And, you know, he's doing this speech and a lib libtard journalist, you know, is like, well, what do you think about, you know, minorities and women and, and transgender? And he's like, shut up. And he uses, you know, lots of cursing. So I don't endorse the language, but he uses yep. lots. Of, but then the big thing is like later in a press conference, he talks to, he's given a speech 
and and the crowd is out there in front of him and he says i'm not doing this for me i do it for you mm. you're beaten down and mm. and what shocked me is you just hear this roar of of this this manly masculine and they're like yeah and i just thought this isn't just a bunch of guys who i'm, I'm sure th some of these guys are degenerates um, sure. but it's not just degeneracy like yeah a fighter who's going to be it no 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 it's guys who have been told uh for decades that they're the scum of the earth that they're hated that this country is not for them that the church is not for them that jesus is not for them that nothing is for them um that they're the problem and the source of the problem of everything and a guy stands up for them that's all it takes just a guy so whether it's abbott you know standing up at our border and saying i care about your children and i'm not going to let an invasion of of six million more illegal immigrants yeah. military age fighting men come into the country and endanger mm. your own posterity uh, so whether it's biden at the border or whether it's sean strickland you know at a ufc you know after match speech um that is the, the thing trump. or donald trump the rise of donald trump um those guys, that's what it is that's what it is is guy we, we've had enough We've yeah. had enough. And so that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, for those of you who want to know uh, how to follow us, it's it's very simple. This is what we do. It's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So we have three sh uh, shows a week, uh, and we air them live at 4 p.m. Central Time on Monday, 4 p.m. Wednesday, 4 p.m. Uh, Friday. So three shows a week, 4 p.m. Central Time for all, all those days. And it's live on YouTube and also on Twitter. So you can watch us live on YouTube or on Twitter after the show's done. Um, it, it hops up on Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts, and it'll be on rightresponseministries.com, our website. Um, we have a free app. If you want to go to your favorite app store and download the Right Response app, you can uh, listen and watch all of our content there. It's for free. Um, so that's all you have to do is just tune in uh, live at 4 p.m. We try to engage with some of the comments. If you have questions or if you make a good point, give you a shout out. Um, so, so that's a 4 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, Monday is theology applied, where I have a, a remote interview with somebody. You know, we pipe them in, and I do. You know, guys that you'll probably recognize, guys like Doug Wilson, or, or guys like Jeff Durbin, or guys like Andrew Isker, or what, whatever. Um, and then uh, on Friday is the Friday special. It's in house in the studio where I fly in notable guys, and we do an in-depth dive, like nine or ten episodes in a row on a particular topic. Right now, the Friday special, uh, we're, we're heading up to episode four this week. And it's with A.D. Robles and Andrew Isker on the Boniface option, how to chop down Trash World and mm. rebuild Christendom in its place. But Wednesdays, it's always going to be with Michael Belch and Wesley Todd uh, at a local level, members in our church, and dealing with news, culture, theology. Um, and it's 4 p.m. Central Time on Wednesdays. And that's uh, that's the live stream. The other things are pre-recorded, right. but this is the live stream, uh, 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So tune in uh, every Wednesday. 4 p.m. Also Mondays, check out Theology Applied. Also Fridays, check out the Friday special. And tune in in like 45 seconds when we fire back up to talk about the whole yeah. low-T pastors, Alistair Begg, what's going on there, and the phenomenon that is Donald Trump.